And that's what trauma does to us. We don't see the compassion, the freedom of choice, autonomy, that yes, I have a choice that I can say no. And compassion to, uh, towards the, the, the self that we had in the past, that I, ha I said yes, because I didn't know better. Welcome back to the Empath and Narcissist podcast, where we are helping empaths reclaim their power back after narcissistic abuse through spiritual practices and human design. On Saturdays, we revisit a conversation that I had live on YouTube, the Empath Rising with Raven channel, with a guest or maybe just solo by myself. Join us every Wednesday on our lives to learn, ask questions, and contribute to spreading the awareness and healing. Sometimes I do have guests scheduled in on Tuesdays, so just be part of the newsletter. I always give you a heads up of when our next live is that week. And you can sign up to our newsletter in the link in the show notes. So today we are diving into the dark side of Valentine's Day, revealing the truth about what the narcissist does on this seemingly romantic occasion. Don't forget to support this podcast by writing a review and sharing this with a friend. Subscribe for more empath spiritual healing from narcissistic abuse. So in this live replay today, we, Gabby, my guest and I, unmasked the manipulative tactics of love bombing, the devastating discard, and the vital importance of self-love on Valentine's Day. Gabby is a trauma-informed physical trainer. She, I mean, I wish I had her when I was back training and you'll hear that in the conversation she has such an empowering uh, modality and message to empower empaths through working through their body so how are you feeling post valentine's day just want to ask you that you know this time is supposed to be a time when love is in the air and of course it's highly commercialized for jewelry and perfume and chocolates galore so for me, I bucked the system. And of course, I got my, my girls a little treat, a little cake pop from Starbucks. But I didn't desire any gift. I didn't give any gift. And that's what's so beautiful about my relationship with my husband and I is we don't invest in overly uh, commercialized aspects of this world. Um yeah, but you can absolutely like if you took a bath and you did your self-care as we advised in the live and you bought yourself some champagne and chocolates and all the things that make you happy, then that is also beautiful, too. You're not buying into the commercialism. You're just grabbing. Uh, you're just self-care and self-loving yourself how you feel loved because gifts and um, luxury type of uh, gifts and luxurious time is for sure a love language. So rather, whatever the case may be, I hope that you're not feeling hungover or depressed because of Valentine's Day. And if you are, I hope that this helps you get out of the slump. But nevertheless, for you, it is probably a time to feel e that you feel even more isolated as people post hearts out there they're perfect 
dinner or date out, their perfect love moments. Maybe they went on a romantic vacation, got jewelry. Because, you know, deep down inside, your relationship you were struggling to survive in is not happy. And even when you see those, those may be triggers. Like, yeah, I remember when he bought me that jewelry. And then you remember what happened after. You feel more alone in this relationship with a narcissist than you ever did all by yourself. And instead of feeling depressed, I challenge you this year, post the Valentine's hangover, to invest in your self-love. The new moon is going to be, or actually occurred with the new moon that already occurred in Aquarius. I urge you to set an intention to find your concrete strength to strategize and break free this year. And I'm recording this intro on the day where the moon is in Taurus, the the zodiac of luxury, of bathing, of self-indulgence, and slow-moving, just very methodical time, hardworking. So I want to welcome you into this today's episode with that energy. It's very Valentine energy, but for yourself and your self-care. So enjoy this replay and don't forget to join us every Wednesday or maybe possibly Tuesday. Get those alerts in your email uh, in these lives on YouTube. And we also go live on Instagram if we can and we have the equipment. I learned that there's echo is a real deal thing if someone does not have two headphones. So depending on what it is, YouTube will prioritize because everyone has YouTube and not everyone is on social media. All right. Enjoy and take care. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's just get rolling. Everyone will be able to, we'll all just be able to deal with the tiny echo and that's perfectly fine. Move this further. We'll just move on and stop nitpicking at our sound. <laughs> Everyone's like, just move on. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking about what to expect from the narcissist on Valentine. So I would love to hear your story, Gabby, a little bit, um, because you made a really good point about one size, like does not fit all. Narcissists are not all the same. They may fit in certain categories of behavior pathologically but they're not all the same. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience and what your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's, uh, I've had two narcissists in my life. My ex-husband who, who's an overt narcissist. So more outgoing, more in the face type of narcissist. And, and that's why I didn't recognize my ex-boyfriend who is an, uh, a covert narcissist who, who's more very up close, like very outgoing friendly, but, only behind closed doors, he would uh, show narcissistic um, tendencies. So it's, and as we were talking before uh, going live, every single one of them have their own little uh, shtick, per se. It, they don't, um, we cannot say that all of them, you know, we read, we watch YouTube videos, what, what it looks like to be with a narcissist, but we cannot say, quote unquote, this is what a narcissistic trait looks like or traits look like. All of them slightly different. And it's it's hard, so hard to pinpoint. But technically what I noticed when I started trying out tricks with, uh, with my ex-boyfriend that 
and let's say the YouTube video predicted, okay, this is how they are going to re respond or react per se. Um, on point. Like and it, it did. was, he, he did no matter what. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was the prediction. It's, they have an unwritten manual that they kind of follow yeah. that they don't even know they are following it. But, <laughs> it's yeah. but it's interesting once you start to understand the patterns um, in your own life and with them, you start to see uh, similarities. It's not the exact same, but once it's kind of, you feel that's, you feel it in your gut. Let's put it this way, that something is off. And you start to realize it's not your, it's not you, it's them. Absolutely. So let's just go through some of the overt narcissistic things that your um, ex-husband, ex right? Husband, ex-husband did. Like, what are some of those things for people to recognize? What, uh, what really an exact example came into mind when he bought me a um, bought me flowers and he made a huge ordeal about where he bought it was so difficult to find the flowers it was just <sighs> like <laughs> now it's not the attention is on isn't on me it's on them that yeah. you know like oh it took me so much time like so then can I enjoy my flowers or not well uh, taking the flowers now yeah Say again? Do you feel guilty taking the flowers after he said that? Yeah, it's like it takes all my joy away. And uh, it, he was very, uh, what the overtism, if, if that's a word, um, came out. He was very, um, he was like that with other people too, especially with his mom. And uh, he didn't mind when other people saw certain traits, negative traits of him, of his, mm -hmm. while my ex-boyfriend, the covert, on the other hand, when he bought me flowers, he wouldn't say anything. He let me enjoy it. He let me enjoy it, which is really nice. But later on, he started to tell me that, oh, you're not putting, get on Instagram stories anymore. Because I used to put their, you know, their flowers. Oh, he bought me a flower. So he wanted to, the validation had to come from the outside. And um, he would never, he would never show to other people that he wasn't perfect. Like only behind closed doors, what I said earlier. So that's, but again, it, the, it, there's no one size fits all. So that might be overlaps, might be different, uh, different cases, different uh, traits with uh, different people. But it's interesting to see the the differences between these two. Yeah, I'm thinking back to my Valentine's experiences. I remember it being very um, over the top romantic. Um, we had to go to the restaurants that had all the prefixes and everything like that. Um, and it was all set up like they know how to socially, you know, acceptably like do the right things for Valentine's, either to, like you said, to make themselves look good or for you to feel something so they can get something in return. And for mine, 
you know, I would be after dinner and there'd be this huge, heavy burden of expectation on me. It's like, okay, great. Now we have a whole night of partying at home, like drinking and doing that, that whole thing. And that was like the expectation that was set up from the beginning. And at first it was fun in your twenties. Right. And then you get older, you're like, okay, I've got a job. Like sometimes Valentine's day would not be on the weekend and you have to go to work the next day. And so it was always like, what is he getting out of it from all of his, you know, stuff he's giving? Yeah, the transactional feeling of it, which yeah. is not put out there that, you know, I'm, give, I'm doing this for you, but you're going to do something in return, mm. like the unwritten rules of narcissistic people. <laughs> Yes. It's like this unspoken, no, like you just know it. I don't know how they train you. I think probably through um, giving and then punishment if they don't get their way. That's how they train you to have that unspoken contract. Like, you know, you owe me. <clears throat> yeah. I did, all this, I did this for you. I did that for you. And now you owe me. Yeah. We have a question from Mary Beth. Uh, what about a man in your life? long distance for a year and a half and won't even call you from their cell or even do a meet up face to face and always has an emergency coming up. And what do you think about that, Gabby? Red flag. <laughs> absolutely. Long distance. No, that sounds like catfish to me, to be catfish, honest. Absolutely. Don't send him any money if he's asking you for money. Um, yeah, it's like, he wants that supply long distance, but he doesn't want to commit and actually show up as a real man. Well and Alyssa's saying, walk the F away. Walk away. <laughs> Thanks, Alyssa. <laughs> it's just straight truth from a projector. <laughs> and from our experience, and not to laugh about your situation, because that sounds very difficult. And there is a lot of turmoil where you probably have this emotional connection. They do that really well, especially over the internet or through DMing or however, messaging. And they say all the right things. That's that disconnect. So maybe this is a shift. I don't know if this is a shift at all from covert to overt, but they're covertly loving you and giving you everything that you need, uh, Mary Beth, but he doesn't show up, right? When, when That's one of the true traits of a narcissist is they give when it's convenient, but then they don't truly show up for you when you really need them. Absolutely. And Valentine's Day is the place where we're vulnerable. Like we think that this is the day we're supposed to affectionately show love and be loved and then unfortunately they show their true colors but they'll come up with an excuse right yeah can i make it a bit more gray yeah go ahead yeah in my trauma informed background it just i want to make it gray instead of you know black and but even though it's yeah. we, we all know it's not black and white but yeah. the question is mary beth have has has he been showing up has he been or is it this has been for the whole time or it's a new trait that you've been noticing? Because if he's he's done this for the whole time, then this is absolutely like I wouldn't have time for this. But obviously in the past, I needed the validation. But if he used to show up to get supply, if it sounds like he's he's a narcissist but obviously uh, we are not diagnosing here that uh, if it's a newer trait then we might see what you raven was saying that uh, we're saying that you know he's he's shifting and now the shape shift what we were talking before before going live that the shape shift 
starting to take place and maybe he's not getting the same amount of supply by connecting with you so he pulls because narcissists are emotionally unavailable mm -hmm. yeah and if he has to come and show up face to face if he has to bring himself that means he has to commit deeply into a relationship and be vulnerable and they don't want to do that that that's not really their motivation to be in the relationship the motivation is to get whatever they're receiving from you via messages or maybe you compliment them a lot or maybe it's just a fun way to kind of like see if they can manipulate another person like there's so many weird things that go on in their minds so it's definitely something to forget them invest in yourself like love yourself this valentine's day treat yourself and like just don't continue on being sucked into that yeah well Try but sever those cords you know snip it you're welcome snip it snip it in the butt thank you so much yes mary beth absolutely and it does drive you insane because they give you just enough, right? Trauma informs Gabby, right? That's trauma bond. They give you just enough. And then all of a sudden Absolutely. they. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the trauma bond is so strong and, you know, they get you hooked at the beginning with so much showering you with all the, all the good things, all the, all the positivity, how they reflected back to you, how amazing you are. But that's you. That's not them. And slowly they start to take, they they start to lose the juice. They don't have as much gas in the tank anymore and, and start to pull back more and more and more. And that was interesting, uh, a very interesting um, uh, thing. When I broke up with my ex-boyfriend almost a year ago, we still had to live under the same roof until he found a new place. And he told me for the longest time that he, he's not interested in my Instagram posts. They are, they are too long. They would never look at my Instagram stories, which is fine. You know, I'm like, I don't need validation. I'm, I'm doing it for my clients. I'm, I'm making a living. I love what I do. Funny enough, as soon as we broke up, he started to look at my Instagram stories. <laughs> now he's stalking you. Now he's stalking me. So as soon as I, I blocked him everywhere, because this is, this is how twisted I, I, I had a level of awareness that I understood that this is, can, this can only come from a very twisted mind. Cause once someone, someone tells me I'm done, I'm like, okay, so why am I trying? But that's the only way they know. Because there's this thing where they always, once they kind of have you hooked as a supply, they think that they can always control you and it just might take some time. So they'll stalk you and like years later, they may pop up into your life. Mercury, Mercury retrograde and you're like, what the heck? And that's, you know, you don't want to engage in that still. They haven't changed. They've been stalking you the whole time. Like that's a chapter in the book that's in the past and you need to leave it in the past and not allow them to bring you back into the past. And you have a good point. Yeah, yeah, Mary Beth is making, yeah, great point, Mary Beth, yeah. As soon as he doesn't get what he wants or requests, which is exactly what we were talking about earlier, he becomes very cold and distant. 
So that's where the covert narcissist shows you their true colors as a narcissist. Yes. Yeah. That cold and distant. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I love my Beth, you're saying that because um, what I teach in my, in, in my work is um, boundaries. Like it's okay to say, uh, to set boundaries saying no. And narcissists can't deal with that because they take it as I'm not loved. But they don't understand it's not about them. It's about us to, to keep our sanity, to, to keep our mental health. Yeah. And it's their insecurity, like healthy people, they hear a boundary and they're so secure in themselves. They don't need you and whatever yeah. they were getting out of that boundary being crossed that they're like, okay, cool. I hear you. And I understand that. Like I, I hear that boundary, which in the beginning, like in the first place, if they were like that, you probably don't have any boundaries you have to draw with them, but that's, that's the 22 with this madness. Yes. Mm -hmm madness doesn't it just makes you feel so mad right angry yeah, and insane <laughs> yeah you're welcome mary beth you're very welcome i'm so glad that you joined the live and everyone else who's on the live if you have questions please let us know either on youtube or instagram here drop them in the comments make sure to like subscribe and follow us so what's our next uh, i yeah. want to gifts let's talk about gifts it's mine is very uh, i go back to the flower um example because whatever it was with my ex-husband the overt one i got this beautiful coat for christmas and it was again oh it was so hard to get it so um and on the other hand my ex-boyfriend he loved to shower me with gifts just just for just just why not but i think that was he's he he was a drug addict which i didn't know for the longest time so he he hid it really well because i i never had anything with the with the drugs in the past so i i couldn't pinpoint what it looked like to to be with a drug addict anyways the point is he he shifted his addiction to something less uh, harm, harmful. So he started giving me gifts that, you know, I got necklace. I got, you know, I just, I was at the dollar store. I'm like, and I'm the kind of person who, oh my God, thank you so much. I, you thought of me. I, I love it. I love everything because you made me feel special. He knew how to make me feel special. But when I, I'm not the same way. I, you know, I'm not going to spend my money, hard-earned uh, hard money, on things that we don't need. And so I'm a lot more careful. And he would expect the same thing that, you know, I'm not, I'm not matching his efforts. Gosh, but how could one match an effort if you're getting gifts all the time every day? And let's yeah. say his lifestyle is he's going out and he's out during the day and, and shopping. And you may be working, you know, a lot. Yeah. So you don't have as much time. That seems like a very um, mismatched expectation from someone. Yeah. And expectations in a relationship should be communicated also, right? Like, Absolutely. So they're also not communicating that. They mm -hmm. do it hoping that their strategy will work. And then when you don't provide that back, they get upset. And you're like, 
yeah. what did I do? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't ask you for any of these gifts. It was <laughs> interesting a year ago on my birthday, which is coming up, that on my birthday, I, I was really upset with him. I told him that I'm not happy. Um, this um, We are going through a hard time. And he wouldn't listen to me. So I just slammed the, do- the car door and I left him. I went off like, to train my client. And he came home with flowers. With He, he donated for my cause. I, I love dogs. My dog is hiding somewhere. But I created a... A donation, a donation page for um, sending money to to a local um, dog shelter, and he he sent money that day, mm-hmm. and I still fell for it. Like, oh my god, you're so sweet! But then two weeks later, I kicked him out. So it was <laughs> the ship was. She fell for a few hours. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that how they just. The other thing is interesting is the, um, how do we call it, the abuse, the, not reverse abuse. I forgot the term for it. Probably, you know. um, Describe what it is. When when they start to poke you until you just blow up. And uh, it's like a reactive. Reactive abuse. I forgot the term, but I knew it. Yeah, reactive abuse. So, yeah. But gifts, it's. They just, they keep giving, but they don't know how to receive. Yeah. I remember um, I would, I wouldn't really get, well, I guess I did get gifts. Okay. So here, here's my story behind my gifts. This is why every narcissist is a whole different flavor. Every single one. Again, my gifts were always motivated for getting something out of the evening in the bedroom. So it'd be like, Oh, okay, like, let me get you these really hot, like, red high heels that were, like, totally disgusting, like, <laughs> dancing pole type high heels. Like, this is not even something I could wear out in public. Like, why would you buy me these? So he wouldn't buy one. He bought, like, three. You know, it's like, it's always over the top. Um, yeah. And, but it was, it was not like, oh, I was thinking about you and I really care about you. And I know you like these. It was like, oh no, like I bought this for you so I could get this out of it. It was, I mean, looking back, it was so blatant. (laughs) Like while I was in it, I felt like, okay, this is going to fix it. Right. Cause I kept being convinced that the problem was me. Um, and it wasn't me at all. Um, the only responsibility I can take is that I stayed too long in it, but that's that's the thing with the gifts is there's always I don't know for me it was always he was getting something out of it yeah or proving like that they are a good person and they're not abusing you that's yeah. the other they thing. try to convince themselves right and that's mm-hmm. what they try to communicate into the world yeah and it's a physical thing so they can prove to you and to other people hey look I bought you this hey I really care about you I'm really trying here like at the end, mine um, got a subscription for flowers every month. And I thought that was like the most try, like he was trying and he really was putting an effort because now he got me, you know, flowers and he sent them to work. So all my coworkers could see it so they could stop bothering me that I was being abused and he didn't have to hear about it. Yeah. And so, but all he had to do was do one click. It was a monthly auto subscription. It wasn't like he went to the flower shop and he picked them out for me every month. It was a very thoughtless automatic gesture yeah 
Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Tell us more. See every narc, every flavor, the, the gifts. Um, I don't know exactly how to, to pronounce your, I always look at yours as gal Merlot because I don't know how to say the first part, but the gifts were always horrible in my case. Tell us more. I, I know I've heard about this. Like, obviously my gifts were horrible because I didn't even like them, but, and there was a fix behind the gifts that I got. Maybe I know I've heard that narcissists um, have this connection of like, or disconnect, like they get you what they like, but not what you like at all. And like, it really shows you that they don't know you <laughs> at all. Tell us more about your horrible gifts. Maybe some examples. I also think I've gotten um, a Christmas gift one time and it was so, I was so impressed and it felt so overly generous from this person that I always, every time I looked at it, because then I put it in my house, every time I looked at it and interacted with that gift, I felt connected. Like, oh, see, like it, for me in my head, it kept going, oh, but she really does care. Oh, but this, oh, but that. And it was always like, so eventually I just had to take the gift out of my house because that could also be the thing where they're trying to hook you in be like, oh, I got you this really over the top thing because look, I really do truly care. We got the answer. We got the answer. Okay. Bronze frog. A what? He gave me a bronze frog, which I didn't collect. His wife now collects frogs. Oh my gosh. So is that almost like a weird, like looking back sign that he was cheating if he was cheating? Because she huh. collects, but you don't. But now his wife now. I don't know. Maybe I just opened up a can of worms for you there. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Alyssa's saying a uh, vacuum cleaner or a coffee maker. Yeah. Although I love my espresso coffee maker, but it's oh, to be something you love, right? Like ab Absolutely. I got to say that like my ex-boyfriend was really good at picking the right gift. He mm. knew me so well, but it was interesting that once I tried, I, I wanted to, have a deeper relationship that's when his shortcomings started to show big time that he was so convinced that I, he knew me so well and all of a sudden I'm like this person doesn't know anything about me yeah nothing not not the deep stuff only the stuff enough to trigger you and to keep you trauma bonded yeah but i get i get the coffee maker for Alyssa because she doesn't drink coffee Right, those who are on that diet, oh, right? So if it's like obvious, like I don't drink coffee, why would you buy me a coffee maker? Um, yeah, spent two. Um, Gal Merlot is saying spent two days looking for the perfect one. He was a pilot. Oh, so lots of different locations. The plot thickens. Dun dun dun. Now, now wife was a flight attendant. Um, I've had two nurses. Unfortunately, my last one gave me. Um, his will, or is that right? I think I sent that to you. An egg cooker. <laughs> I know all of us on the Anthony Williams diet, we don't do eggs. We don't do coffee. Don't get us those gifts. That's funny. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm so sorry, Gal Merlot. I don't know what that means exactly. He gave you his will. Maybe that was a typo. You may have, but I don't remember. 
Anyways, I know it's hard to do it in the chat, but if you want, you can clarify in the chat. I mean, that's the thing is, that's so weird. Mine wanted to be a pilot, but he never was able to. Pilots, something about pilots. They no, like not to. All, not all pilots are narcissists. I'm just. Mind you, I have a friend who's. Yeah. Soon to be a, is a pilot. Interesting. I mean, you have to have a certain like confidence about yourself to yeah. fly a plane. But, but it can um, it can be it can be a fake confidence. That's what I you know because what you said earlier that the insecurities underneath is so so strong that but they are able to mask it for a long time mm -hmm. yeah. yeah mask for a long time <laughs> the maverick yes tom cruise totally that was um yep stop stop saying that i'm gonna reveal too much information i can't react <laughs> to this. I, can't, I can't reveal too much information so um, dinners out, let's transition to dinners out. Were those over the top? I mean, every, for me, every week was a Valentine's day dinner out on the town in the shishi, you know, city where I live. Uh, my ex-husband <laughs> loved going out and have dinners and uh, make it very over the top. And what I saw from the beginning, that was, that's not how I grew up. You know, maybe we would go out for, for a celebration, birthday, but we didn't, we didn't have a lot of money to, you know, do these things. And, um, and when we moved in together in the first place in my home country, Hungary, he, um, we would go out and then he expected me to do the same thing. And, and I wasn't comfortable saying that I don't, I can afford it. Like I'd rather cook you dinner and you know, that, that goes a longer way, but I, I wasn't comfortable. My ex-boyfriend, he, um, he liked happy hour, which I like too, because you know, it's a lot more affordable, but uh, you know, again, there, there's differences between them, but definitely my ex-husband loved. And if, I, I was preparing for a half marathon and I told myself, I'm not going to drink for a month before the half marathon, you know, just to experiment and, and be in the best shape. And when I said, no, I'm not, I'm going to have a virgin uh, Caesar. He got so offended. He like, no, oh, come on, you have to, because they, then they feel bad that they, we are not participating in, or they think we are wrong. They we wrong them for drinking, which I, I don't care. Like, do you? Well, there's a thing, right? The guilt of you know, especially if you have addiction problem, you know you shouldn't be drinking. So if you're socially drinking with someone else, then it like makes it okay. So when the yeah. other person doesn't drink with you, then you're like, well, now I look like an alcohol and alcoholic. <sighs> I look bad out in public. Therefore, pissing off the narcissist. They have to look perfect in public and not look like good point a bad person yeah okay wait there was some really funny stuff happening in instagram chat um yes we're laughing about top gun and maverick um so no literally uh, gal merlot was given her ex's will because she started to see a therapist and was starting to put it together so that was his own that was his hail mary i think you know for to her he you know he said he felt better if um no, he felt I'd feel better and safe 
if she had his will, like ultimate control, I guess, for her to hold that. But that doesn't yeah. take away or erase all of the abuse and the suspected cheating. Yeah. You know what? You mentioned the uh, addiction, and and I I touched on my ex boyfriend's drug addiction. That they they have very strong addictive personalities. That's that's very that's very much in the face. You know, if if they stop doing one, they replace it with something else. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, we can all have I think depending on where we have certain planets in our charts tendencies for addiction. But yeah. that's where going to an AA meeting or really like getting some accountability partner to help you or really just gain that resolve to be like, I'm going to find healthy coping mechanisms mm -hmm. to help me with my emotional needs. And that's another, I think, huge red flag and commonality is narcissists are insecure. They are emotionally weak, yet they're not going to put in the work, like go to the gym to strengthen their emotional intelligence, they're going to always rely on some type of substance, either relationships, whether it be at SEX, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, there's going to be something that they want to yeah. numb out because they're really can't, can't handle or cope. Yeah. And let me touch on, on, on AA, but not in the exact way, but he had a porn addiction, which he was really open about. But um, and then he went to it's it's not an AA, but probably AA for porn addiction. Yeah. And uh, so he was doing that. But then when we were together, he I discovered that he was still doing things online with girls. By photos, videos, and and I still let him get away with it. But the point is, he went. So just because he, they are doing they are they are going to AA, they are, they look like they are doing the right things, but they are not doing it for themselves. They are doing it for, for the, the outer world to believe that they, they are good people. Very good point. Yes. It's a good mask. Yes. Yeah. Very good point. Another parallel. Mine also had issues with porn. I figured when you mentioned the shoes, that was, <laughs> You're it like, gave it away. <laughs> right. Should have been a giveaway. I was so naive. I did not even realize it. I, did, I had no idea. I had no you idea. You know it now. But I know it now, yeah, till the very end and then after. But yes, 100% Gal Merlot. Um, I'm so sorry. I think it's really, this is, the, this is the topic of like, how do they ruin our Valentines in so many different ways? Uh, however, because they can't show up, because they're not really being authentic, because they're so darn selfish. Yeah. Um, they ruin not only Valentine's, but our lives in a weird way. They, they turn it upside down. Uh, and it's really painful to like experience that, figure out how to recover from it, and then how to go no contact and stay no contact. That's a whole other difficulty. And so congratulations, three years. Excellent. Keep on Staying no contact, Gal Merlot. Very good. Yeah, I think there's a big thread, like any type of addiction, and it doesn't limit itself just to alcohol. There's something there, right? Because they're not going to therapy. They're not dealing with their pain, so they have to mask it.
So tell us some, how are some ways that when you came home from the Valentine's date, everything was fine, wonderful date, like wonderful dinner. I remember always it being very romantic out in public. And then here comes, here comes the, the expectation and the weight of what needs to happen and how do they ruin it? Mm, what you mean, specify expectations, please. In what, yeah. what way? Repeat your question. Oh, sorry. What uh, you know? Um, would you be specific about what the expectations? You know, what what expectations can look like? Because you know, coming home from a yeah from Valentine's Day dinner, right? It's an adult holiday, so I think yeah, the exactly expectation is uh, S X for sure. Yeah. And how does that look? I mean, we're already talking about them having an addiction to unhealthy yeah. relationships to this activity, the red, high, you know, whatever, crazy chunk mm -hmm. platform. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get on in those shoes now. Yeah. And you're like, okay, if this is going to keep the uh, romance and the fun times alive, but mm -hmm. it does because inevitably the problem is not me. The problem was within his own psyche so yeah. no matter what I did no matter what um it wasn't gonna make him satisfied and then there would be a punishment there would be a discard right that's so it, that's it. you always experience no matter what the activity is there's a discard do you relate for me the discard it's very very interesting because I'm someone who likes that type of extracurricular activity and um, for me it was the total opposite that my ex-husband started to withdraw and not give me affection in the bedroom. One time I remember we were doing it and he rolled his eyes. All the time, all the time. Yeah. And, um, and I still let it go, uh, let it go as well. My pleasure is important. But uh, the point is that so it can go both ways. If you don't want it, they want it. If you want it, they don't want it. So exact opposite what you, whatever you want, they, they will want the opposite so they can discard you. Yeah. Yeah. And also like I would, where there be plans to go on like um, vacations and things and they were always local. So it wasn't too big of a deal and it wasn't anything that he ever paid for. So it was an easy withdrawal. But if he was rolling his eyes, disappointed, he couldn't, you know, then it was like my fault. And I was so like this horrible person and I'm not, you know, great enough. I'm trying to like use like, so I don't get filtered out here words. Um, and uh, the point is, then he would be like, oh, well, there's no point in going on this vacation in a week. Like, what, what's the point? Like, it's not going to be fun. So we're not going to go anymore. And so who would take away that vacation? And oh, would... uh, sabotaging it? He would, I, he would self-sabotage it, but then he would also take away that vacation that he promised we would go on in a week. Oh, oh I see. Okay. Because what's the point? Like, I can't do it at all. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be fun. This is not fun now. So vacations are only for that activity. So therefore, it wouldn't be yeah. fun. So there's no point in going. So then he would take away the vacation. Yeah. So I feel like, again, the gray is not, they don't know how to uh, navigate the gray. It's either black or white. 
So, well, if, if we are having bad times right now, we are going to be having bad times a week from now. So we are not going on a vacation. Yeah. Type of thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's see what, uh, mine always got a stomach ache, spent hours in the bathroom. Now I understand he was texting everyone else. Healing and understanding these behaviors is so cathartic. Absolutely. I'm so sorry. And then he just left you hanging. And you're like, probably waiting there uncomfortable. That sucks. I'm so sorry. Mm. It is. I think understanding it and looking back enough that we can move forward is yes. important. And yeah. Concerned, right? And, you know, what, what a lot of us have issues with, I mean, I'm talking about myself, that how to remove myself that, okay, I have enough knowledge. I don't need more knowledge. Um, I'm ready to move on. So know that point when we are not consuming any more um, narcissistic content because it's we want to keep reassuring ourselves that we did the right thing and they are narcissists. But how to move past that and, okay, I know enough, I trust myself enough that I'm not going to fall into the same pattern again because I know the terms I know what love bombing is what discard is what the the devaluation phases those things are really 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 helpful and how to detect the uh if anyone else wants to wants us to fall into the same trap yeah it gives us um how do you say? It gives us a whole bunch of tools in our tool belt, having to know so yeah. that it doesn't happen again. And you can spot okay. it a mile away now. And unfortunately, we're hyper vigilant. So, <laughs> but it's yeah. better to be that than to fall into that trap again. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what are ways that we can cope with this behavior? Let's say somebody is in this situation, they haven't left yet, and they're going through the motions of Valentine's Day with the narcissist. Inevitably, just giving you a heads up now, this evening is not going to turn out well for you. Just maybe set your expectations really low would be the first way to cope. What other ways can we cope and deal with? Uh, putting ourselves first, self-love practices. And that's really hard when we are so consumed by this person because we want to please them and we forget who we truly are. But um allowing ourselves to discover what we love what you know meeting up with friends who who validate us who make us feel um, a, a good person um, doing activities that you enjoy doing it without them like realizing that you're a whole person without them because they really want you to think you're an extension of them and they try to take your autonomy away and that's what i teach in my in my personal training sessions that how to get your autonomy back regardless what kind of you know what kind of background or relationship you've been in but yeah gaining your autonomy back that's knowing knowing your no's knowing your yeses and and a lot of times we learn about our no's before we learn about our yeses. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And compassion for ourselves. Compassion. 
I love that feeling whole. That must be so powerful because I remember when I was going through the crap year after year, you know, argument after argument, I'd go to the gym and I would feel so empowered. I would pump on, I would put in the headphones and I'd listen to the band called the Veronica's. I don't know if you know the Veronica's. They're just like this super empowering, like angry at the man kind of band. <laughs> it would be like, goodbye to you. It'd be like all this awesome, like, you know, you hurt me, you ruined me, goodbye, all this thing. So I put it on my headphone, I'm super mad. And I would be like working out and like getting that stress out of your body and the endorphins. I mean, at the same time, having someone like in my ear, really encouraging me to find my autonomy. I think I would have left a lot sooner. Like I just kept going in the wash recycle, you know, bin. Yeah. So I think your work is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's way, way beyond personal training. That's what I love about that. But, you know, you going to the gym and getting into your body, that's so powerful because a lot of us, when we go through trauma responses, um, we, we leave our body, we dissociate, we disconnect. And for not everyone, but for people, some people need to learn how to connect, reconnect with their bodies. For you, it sounds like you knew that going to the gym will empower you and, and you, you can drop into your body. So there's different um, aspects and, and uh, varieties here. But uh, yeah, it's dropping into your body, feeling the anger feeling the anger because a lot of us are people pleasers who an empath who who um get hooked to narcissists and and we lose ourselves and the people pleaser people pleasers don't know how to get angry because probably that's an, a thing that we lost at a very early age because of our upbringing and how to bring a healthy anger back and really feel that feeling the ground underneath you feeling your fist like I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> I love that. I think also having that healthy anger is an important emotion to have because if you're angry and then you're informed, then you're not going to put up with it. Like you're not going to accept the abuse any longer. You're going to accept exactly. it for a very short window and you're like, no, that's done. And you can harness that anger. But I think a lot of us were conditioned to not be angry or shove that anger down inside, yeah. be a nice girl, accept everyone's apology and say, yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. like, no, it's not okay. And I'm not going to say it's okay. And yeah. unfortunately, our generation, I don't think got to learn that. But now we're learning it. Yes. <laughs> our kids are going to learn it because yeah. darn it, they're not going to go through the same thing that we went through. Oh, yeah. we won't let them. We won't let them. Yeah. No. So self-love self-autonomy, power. I think even anger is a great way to cope. Um, low expectations. Alyssa, five. Any other things to cope with Valentine's Day? Maybe. Did you mention compassion? I would say yes, compassion. compassion. That's six. Yes, compassion. Compassion. Compassion for yourself that you're in the situation. Let's expand upon compassion. That's an important one. Um, good point. Compassion that you did the best you could in the moment with the tools that you had, but now you know better and, you know, maybe, or maybe you don't know better yet, but give yourself some slack, lack of a better term that, you know, 
your body took over. You didn't have the 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 tools, the options to to choose from, and that's what trauma does to us. We don't see the compassion, the freedom of choice, autonomy. That yes, I have a choice. That I can say no. And compassion to, uh, towards the 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 self that we had in the past. That I ha- I said yes because I didn't know better. That is powerful. Compassion for who you once were, for who you are now, and for not knowing. That was one of the most powerful stages in my healing. Was like giving myself forgiveness for just not knowing. Like I was so hard mm-hmm. on myself. Like I should have known. I should have not. But it's like, how? You weren't taught. And it was so covert. And you yeah. felt so normal. And then you were trauma bonded. How are you going to know? Yeah. And that was one of the things that I've just said recently on Instagram was that you think you're dealing with a real, not real. You think you're dealing with a normal pathological health. Healthy. Health what's the right word? Uh, yeah, a non-pathological person, right? A healthy person mm-hmm. in a relationship, mm-hmm. but you're not. You're dealing with pathology. You're dealing with a personality disorder yeah. that is very cunning and have literally their whole lives figured out and mastered how to trick yeah. everybody. Yeah. And, you know, you're our um, innocence is so taken away it's robbed from us because um, we want to be kind. We want to, we want to give the benefit of the doubt to people. And there's a point when you stand up and I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's empowering. Point, whether it be two attempts, seven attempts. That's it. It's, you know, it looks very different for every single person and it's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Just as there are lots of flavors of narcissists, we all have our unique flavor of our journey, our healing journey and our awakening journey. Absolutely. Wonderful. Uh, So, Gabby, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. uh, It feels so aligned. It does. I just wish there wasn't such an echo, which I'm going to edit out. <laughs> good job. <laughs> I know. So long. It's so, so good. That's just me pushing and trying to get these two things happening. That's my fault, not yours. But we all are understanding and we're all empaths. So we have great compassion for others. So let's, let's have great compassion for ourselves today on Valentine's Day. Yes, indeed. And people can find you on trauma-informed pt.com yeah. correct yeah exactly do you work with only people locally in the gym or do you also work uh virtual globally i work locally in 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 the local gym i go to clients houses who live in my area so if you're in the west vancouver area you're lucky i can i can see you in person uh or north van or vancouver we do actually on the podcast have a lot of canadian listeners by the way oh so you're like, hi, 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 fellow Canadians. And I also work globally online, which, mm-hmm. uh, which has been so beautiful. I love both. I, it would be hard for me to pick one. 
if you ask me which is your which is my favorite i love both ways because in person i can touch people obviously i ask for consent but it's yes. it's a different it's a different environment but being able to train people i have i i have a client in south africa bangkok in the states uh, europe it's just the options are limitless and and I've been meeting beautiful, beautiful people who who understand that trauma gets stuck in the body. The trauma leaves in in an imprint on the body, and they they ready to move in a safe, healthy way, whatever safe health, safe and healthy means mean to them. And uh, and that's where I come in, and I te- I teach them the tools how to how to feel empowered, autonomous, and and uh, feel safe and learn to listen to their bodies. Which is a steep learning curve after narcissistic abuse because you've ignored your body. Absolutely. And, you know, I got to say my tools really helped me out here because I've been, I started somatic uh, therapy as a a client uh, four years ago. And, and then I've been a trainer for 20 years. So I started with the conventional way and then somatics really opened up, opened the door to uh, trauma informed personal training. And, and I started to use it in my sessions without knowing what I was doing. And all of a sudden I, the trauma informed piece came in like, Oh, actually this is an existing modality. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. And then I did, I, I did the, the, continuing education course and I did all kinds of th- um, courses to to see like what I would have needed five six years ago so I I help people to understand I help people who I was five six years ago once I I were right yeah. and um, and uh, it's really it's really rewarding to see that uh, so going back to the um, the tar- narcissistic piece that I started to see that, oh, there's a huge double standard. I, I give empathy to this person and I'm not getting the same empathy back. And so the trauma-informed tools really, really helped me out. It took me a long time because I was deep in my autopilot mode, survival mode, uh, which is coming from my upbringing, but breaking from those old patterns is really, really empowering. And mind you, that's why I fell into the same trap uh, again, being with a second narcissist, because I didn't learn through the first one. So it gave me, yeah, it's interesting how, you know, we we don't always get what we want, but we get what we need. And eventually we can, we can make it right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we get what we need. Yes, not what we want. That is so true. That is so true. So powerful. Yeah. And I can't even like you said it just perfectly. So I'm not even going to try and repeat or reiterate it. That was perfect. <laughs> I can 100% resonate with all of that and the experiences of that and having to rewrite. I always re- say it as rewrite mirror, mirror neurons, like mm-hmm. all yeah. the habits that are subconscious that you don't even realize you're doing like those are conditions throughout our lives starting very little and it's just 
Yeah. And sometimes it's part of our makeup and, and yeah. who we are, not even always our environment. Like it could yeah. be a compound as well, but we have the power, we have the tools and information now to yeah. move forward and to heal. Yeah. And you know what, what we, what I really help with is having that evidence muscle as my former business coach, Melissa called it, calls it the evidence muscle that we are able to change things. Once there's evidence that we can change our body and I'm not talking about size or shape, but how to respond to, to old situations that don't serve us anymore that the neural we are creating new neural pathways but by the time as joe dispenser says by the time of uh, age of th 35 we live on we live our lives uh, 95 percent of our lives on autopilot because we just we are so conditioned we are so used to the 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 what we we've been doing for a long time but once we come to consciousness it's um it's possible to change it. And that's what I help my clients with that make them believe that they are capable, beautiful and capable beings, and they can turn it around and, and make, make it a better life for the rest of their lives. Well, thank you so much for your thank work you. and being that light out into the world and, and helping them globally. That's amazing. Thank you, Raven. It's been a pleasure. Yes, a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you everyone for being here on the live. Make sure to like and follow us um, on Instagram and um, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing. And of course, in, well, I think, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I know for sure on YouTube, I'm going to repost it so that you can drop your comments down below. And yeah, thank you for being here with us. It's been a pleasure. Um, talking to you on instagram and having you in the chat so yeah you. and thank you everyone for watching yeah thank you <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> calling all impasse on your journey of healing are you feeling overwhelmed by triggers and stress from narcissistic experiences you're not alone and i'm here to offer support Grab your free recorded somatic healing workshop that I've created for you today and reclaim control over your well-being. The workshop highlights how to manage stress, some proclamations and mantras of calling your power back, releasing all the energy, cutting the cords through a sage ritual, a guided meditation, and so much more. Grab it for free in the link in the show notes. Please consider leaving a tip to support this show as I have so many offerings I give away for free. Thank you so much for tuning in to the end of this podcast episode and being an empath member here in the community. Don't forget to be a, a member in the newsletter community as I am contemplating on creating an offering via email, which may or may not happen depending on how you vote in the poll and my Instagram stories. Follow me on Instagram at Empath and the Narcissist Podcast. And please share this podcast episode onto your socials or with a friend. Spread the power and spread the love. I need your help. Please rate and review my newest book, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong. It's a human design guidebook with healing meditations, shadow work with Goddess Anana, 
And you can grab a free version of this to read for free if you have Kindle Unlimited. You can read it there and review it, or you can grab your beautiful paperback copy on Amazon. When you review and tell me it's done, I will gift you a complimentary 30-minute human design reading or healing coaching session. This is how important this the reviews to me are. Be sure to listen to the Empath and Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback on Amazon. It is a profound exploration of my journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. The link to all of these offerings and freebies is in the show notes. Until next time, keep your unique light shining.